Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 151 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. 10 quick retail brick and mortar lease tips. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Man, trying to say that title really stumped me. (laughs) I had to re-record this twice just to get this going. Okay, my intention for this episode is to share some quick tips for those of you either looking to sign your first lease or maybe even renew a lease for your retail store. Now, this doesn't include much in terms of negotiating a lease, um, but it does have some helpful tips. I've never done an episode on this topic before, so I figured it was time. I am not an expert in this area, but between my own experiences, lots of conversations with other shopkeepers, plenty of research, and a recent and really extremely helpful conversation with a most generous and um, boss business friend. She does have experience in this arena. I thought it would be good to kick off the beginning of the year with this helpful episode because leases come up often. We don't all own our buildings, although I'm a huge fan of that. If you can do that, fantastic. But most of us do lease. If you're a Master Shopkeepers member, I added a more in-depth written lesson in the lab. You'll find it in the operations module, or you can search the word lease in the academy and the lesson should come up for you in case you want more information. Okay, so let's get started on the 10 tips. The first tip is, I guess it's a disclaimer and a bit of a tip. So obviously the content in this episode is not legal advice. Real estate laws are different in every state. That's the first tip. You'll want to, at minimum, start to educate yourself by doing some research about leases and renting in your own state. Google in this situation might be a really good friend to start. And this leads me naturally to the second tip, which is hire a real estate attorney to review your lease. Generally, from the conversations that I've had, and the conversation with my business friend, it shouldn't cost you more than $500 to have a real estate attorney review your lease for you. Some of us hear attorney and we immediately think that the fee will be cost prohibitive, but this isn't always the case. And I want to make sure I mention a typical rate because although this is a chunk of change, it is worth it. A lease is one of the biggest steps we take to getting our stores open. It's also our biggest operating expense, aside from COGS, which is our cost of goods. But in terms of operating expenses, rent is usually the the biggest one. So why not invest some of your money to make sure things are squared away? It's just, it just really is probably worth it for you. And again, I can't say it's $500 for everyone everywhere. I'm just kind of 
gauging based off of lots of conversations what a going price might be for that type of service. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, Tools of the Retail Trade Resource Guide, a 28-page downloadable resource filled with software, tools, and equipment recommendations just for brick-and-mortar retail store owners. Learn what I use and what other store owners are using. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources and sign up for my newsletter to get the guide. All right, tip number three, commercial realtors speak in yearly amounts. So get comfortable with this. When we're starting, we're most likely comfortable seeing or talking about rent in monthly terms. So we want to know, okay, we're paying $1,000 in rent a month or $2,000. So sometimes when you see that annual amount, it can be scary and you may not want to face that number, but it's really important to know that commercial realtors generally are speaking in terms of a full year of rent. It's normal. So I just want you to be prepared for that. So get used to it and start calculating what your monthly budget would look like for a year. So you have both. You know what you're paying monthly. And when you talk to a real estate agent, they're not throwing you off if they say $28,000 or whatever it might be. Number four is yes, you need a lease. Just like I say, yes, you need a bookkeeper. There's a whole podcast episode on that topic. We'll link it in the show notes. It's simply a smart business decision. We may not feel comfortable with landlords or commercial realtors or accountants, but step into the discomfort because these are parts of your business that protect you and inform you. So go ahead and get a lease in writing. This leads to my next tip, which is number five, have your financials in order and or maybe even a business plan. Now, I personally have never done a business plan, so I don't want to come across like I have. But if you really want to be prepared for this conversation with a commercial realtor, having financials in order at the minimum should be done. So whether you're working with a building owner directly or a management company or a commercial realtor, they may want to see your financials. They also want to protect themselves just like we do, right? They want to make sure that your business can afford the rent, that you have the numbers to back it up, or a solid plan in place if your business isn't established yet. And I can't fault them for this. Number six is everything is negotiable. Ask for more than you want. It makes negotiating easier. I absolutely love that my friend said this when we recently chatted about leases. You want leverage, and asking for more will give you the ability to negotiate with that landlord or the building owner or whoever it is that you're communicating with. Now, you might stand out a little bit because a lot of people don't do this. They're usually afraid to do it, but don't be afraid. Again, it may feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's going to give you some wiggle room, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Number seven, include an option to renew or write a first refusal. So this is would be like a clause in the lease. And this gives an existing tenant the first opportunity to either lease again or in the instance where you're considering or having communication about buying the building, it gives you 
the ability to be the first one offered the opportunity to buy the building. The verbiage in the clause will depend on your end goal, whether you're just looking to lease again or whether you're looking to purchase the building, but at the minimum, you want to at least be given the opportunity to renew or to buy, right? So you want to make sure that this clause is in your lease. Unfortunately, we have a group member in Master Shopkeepers that is going through an extremely challenging time in her own business because this clause wasn't, I think, I don't think it was in her lease. And she asked me to share this tip a long time ago so that no one else has to experience what she's going through. So make sure you have some form of an option to renew or first right of refusal clause in your lease. Number eight, know this about triple net leases. So a triple net lease, in case you've never heard this term before, and this actually came up in Master Shopkeepers, where some of the new shopkeepers or even people who didn't have this type of lease, they weren't familiar with it. With a triple net lease, you're essentially paying for shared maintenance, taxes, and insurance. I'm not necessarily saying that these are bad leases. There are some master shopkeepers members who have triple net leases and they're fine. They've never had a problem with their lease. They're paying rent. They're making revenue. They're paying themselves. They're profiting. I think it was actually 25% of master shopkeepers who responded to a recent poll have triple net leases. However, what I want you to know is that with triple net leases, essentially the building owner is going for full profit. And yes, I want all business owners to make good, sound financial decisions. However, you want as much profit too, right? So in this instance, I would negotiate as much as possible. Lean back on tip number six. Yeah, where I said everything is negotiable. Or you can try to find a building owner who has spaces available that don't involve a triple net lease. That's an option too. It does seem like some areas, those are the only or the predominant option is a triple net lease. But for instance, the area where my store is at, that's not, it's not always the most common. Many of us small business owners, particularly the retailers, are dealing directly with the building owner themselves, and they don't require triple net leases. So it just depends on the area you're in. Again, it's not necessarily bad, but if you do If you do take on a triple net lease, make sure you're negotiating and make sure you know what I just said about triple net leases. And then, of course, revisit tip number two, where I recommended you have a real estate attorney review your lease. That is important, too. Number nine, tip number nine is personal guarantees are not uncommon. So a personal guarantee puts the tenant's own assets such as your own personal real estate or savings or other valuables on the line should your business not be in a position to pay rent or other lease obligations. Simple enough, right? The building owner or the management company, they want to know that they can recoup what you've committed to in terms of paying rent on that lease if your business doesn't work out. Is this scary to sign? Yes, I get it. But it is a smart business move on the building owner's part. And I just want to make sure that I mention that it's not uncommon. You may not find it in your own lease, but it's not uncommon. This does happen. 
This episode is brought to you by the Savvy Shopkeeper Quiz. As a shopkeeper myself, I've learned that there are action steps we can take during specific stages on our retail journeys that help us create efficiency and improve profitability so we can grow. But first it helps to know which stage you're in so I can help you determine what to focus on. Sign up for my newsletter and take the quiz to find out which shopkeeper stage you're in. You'll get a helpful Savvy Shopkeeper roadmap with a list of helpful podcast episodes and two free resources for where you currently are in your journey. If you want to take the quiz, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash quiz. Tip number 10. This is last but not least. Does your husband need to sign the lease? And this is where I tend to take deep breaths. But I'm going to address a couple things first because this can vary state to state. And I don't know a ton about this, but it depends on the state you're in regarding property. So there are community property states and common law property states. In community property states, property can't be separately owned. The property is exposed to the liabilities and creditors of both spouses. So in these states, most commercial landlords, again, in community property states, require a spouse to sign. Makes sense, like legally, right? But as far as I know, there are only eight community property states. Again, please research this because I don't know this for certain. But uh, community property states last I knew were Arizona, California, Idaho, New Mexico, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. This might have changed, of course, depending on when you listen to the podcast episode too. In common law property states, and I think 41 states are common law property states, each spouse is a separate entity. They can own property and have debt, as far as I understand, independent of any interest in the other spouse. I'm going to link a helpful article on this topic about common law property in the show notes. So if you want to see that, you're going to go to SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 151. But my point here is do the research and figure out if technically this really needs to be required by your landlord or by you to have your spouse sign the lease. This particular topic gets me fired up because even though there are only eight common law states, it seems pretty common for building owners. And I will say it seems to be the building owners who are stuck in the 50s and 1960s and stuck in their antiquated thinking or what people have passed on to them to tell women business owners that their husbands must sign the lease as well. I guess my point here is... Do your research and don't just assume because someone, in particular a building owner or a management company, tells you your spouse must sign that that is in fact the truth. One other thing to mention is there are also dower rights. And as far as I know, that applies to um, just three states, Ohio, Arkansas, and Kentucky. As far as I'm aware, dower rights are regarding owning property. I don't know if that applies to debt or leases as well. But again, that's only three states. Please do your research. Please talk to a real estate attorney. Please get some legal guidance on these, this subject. 
my biggest point on tip 10, or the thing that really drives me crazy about tip 10 is let's kick misogyny out the door if that's what's happening. So just make sure that you're getting some guidance there. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not an attorney and this isn't legal advice. So I refer you back to tip number two to hire an attorney to review the lease for you. This is something so many shopkeepers have told me was worth the one-time investment. You're just going to get peace of mind knowing you're not being misled or you're not taking off more than you can chew and you're not being asked to do something that is not legally required of you. If you're a Master Shopkeepers member and missed this at the beginning of the episode, I added a more in-depth written lesson in the lab on the topic of leasing. You'll find it in the operations module or search the word lease in the academy and it should come up. Whew, okay, I feel like I talked really fast in that episode. And this really kicks off the 2023 season of podcast episodes. Hopefully there will still be another 51 episodes. Again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 151. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.